Mic one, mic one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Time to press the button for our super duper intro. Yes is the answer to that, Jeremy. Oh, I thought you were hitting the button there. Did you? Doesn't it sound good? Don't we sound even more American? So American. He says, as a Brit, with a British accent. Uh, this is Did You America, season two, episode... I'm going to guess nine. You might be right. I think it sounds right. It's a ballpark figure. I think, uh, yeah, sounds about right to me. Uh, he's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, if you like what you hear and you've missed anything previously, didyouamerica.com is our website you can go to to get all of that kind of stuff. Um, Let's get into uh, some uh, movie and TV news to begin today's episode because there's a lot of it around. The James Bond movie is going to be delayed again. They need to reshoot some stuff. Now, they're making the uh, excuse that uh, there is some technology that's already outdated because uh, there's a lot of product placement. Do you remember? It was one of the um, the Daniel Craig movies where it was e- either Carlsberg or Heineken. I think Heineken had paid several million for there to be one scene where I think he was at a, a beach bar and he's got a can of Heineken. And there was a, this was the second most outrageous thing about Daniel Craig becoming James Bond after people were appalled that there was going to be a blonde Bond. Do you remember <laughs> right. that? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. When, when it worked they, out. When he, well, when he, when he was first becoming James Bond, the, uh, the tabloids were going, blonde? <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. It means he's going to be feminine and weak. And then, and then I remember when they were filming, I guess, what became Casino Royale, there were these photos of him um, doing a scene on the River Thames. And clearly he, he was in a boat not being filmed at the time, so he's wearing a life jacket. Yeah. And some of the British tabloids were going, look, the blonde Bond is doing a water scene with a life jacket. Ugh. And they, they, they tried to make him out to be this weakling character because he was blonde. And then, of course, Casino Royale comes out and he's the hardest Bond ever. Unknown stereotype, blondes can't swim. <laughs> and then the, the, the second most um, shocking thing was a couple of movies later, he had a... Uh, it was, I think it was a Heineken rather than a vodka martini and uh, people were horrified at that, but it was because the, the beer company... Right, the but, deal they had. Yeah, they paid a load of money. So apparently... Um, a load of tech companies paid a load of money to get their latest watches or phones or whatever in the James Bond movie. But because it's been delayed and delayed and delayed, they've had um, a bunch of new tech that's been made since. And they're saying, actually, we might need some reshoots. I'm wondering if it's because uh, they think James Bond needs to have your phone. (laughs) I mean, it's way (laughs) up to date. He'd be very high. But, you know, I just think, uh, do you really believe the media here? You really think it's technology that's causing these delays? I have a different theory. I think they heard our podcast where we announced we knew what the next James Bond was going to be, and they said, that sounds like a pretty damn good idea, and they're now doing that. They are doing Never Say Never Again. We spoke another thing into existence. (laughs) So when when they announced that it was going to be his final outing as James Bond, and uh, he was going to be depicted as a slightly older Bond, I immediately went to, oh my God, they're doing a remake of Never Say Never Again, the Bond movie that was unofficial that Connery came back and made in the 80s, playing an old Bond. If you've heard the fantastic obituary we did to Sean Connery, (laughs) um, you'll know that um, it basically focused on that one movie and the fact that he thought slapping women was fine. Yeah. Right? (laughs) We we celebrated one thing and said, really, Sean, you should have updated your your, uh, your, 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 your way of thinking quite a bit. What else would his obituary be? (laughs) Well, some some lesser obits talked about, I don't know, um, uh, see, I can't even think of any other Sean Connery. Never say never again. 
and slapping women. There is nothing else to talk about. He had good wigs. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, we had this theory that... Um, that uh, because you know Casino Royale was a remake, and also um, what was the movie that the, one of the movies that uh, Daniel Craig did had a lot of references to old Bond movies, uh, Skyfall, I think. Sure, there was lots of like uh, little hidden references in there if you were a proper full-on um, Bond fan. So yeah, I'm thinking that uh, yeah, you, you might be right. They've listened to the podcast and they thought to themselves. You know what? That's a great idea. We need to reshoot the whole thing. We need to properly make it Never Say Never Again. And by the way, in our current version of the new Bond movie, Daniel Craig's phone isn't anywhere near as good as the one Jeremy's currently got, so we should update that as well. I mean, first of all, how can you beat James Bond without the most up-to-date iPhone? I was telling you the other day, the most incredible part about this iPhone, it's not, you know, the incredible camera they talk about or, you know, the battery life. It's that... They have figured out the facial the facial recognition technology so much that when I had a joint in my mouth, it was still like, yep, that's Jeremy, unlock. <laughs> oh, that's James Bond-esque if I've ever heard of anything. Uh, I think it probably is just that it doesn't recognize you without a joint in your mouth. You know what? I thought that, but then I tried it without a joint. Still worked. Have we tried to put it against a picture of Walter Becker from Steely Dan to see, <laughs> to see if that would... Um... Well, that, it's fine because, you know, there's always the iPhone-Android debate and... You know, Androids have done the facial recognition to unlock things for a few years now. But on my friend's phone, who's, you know, a solid 60 pounds lighter than me, looks like Hitler's wet dream. It, I can unlock it if I just set my face at a certain angle. He couldn't lock again on my phone, joint or no joint. <laughs> that's proof that iPhones beat Androids. <laughs> Yeah, well, I where where are you at with um, movies in the theater or at home? Because way, 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 way before um, COVID happened, and uh, they were talking about this Bond movie because it was it was finished filming before coronavirus, and then obviously COVID has, has held up its release date. They kept on talking about the fact it was going to be two hours and forty five minutes, and I I like Bond, but I said there's too much Bond, and then I, I previously. I was very into the idea of supporting businesses. And I've mentioned on this podcast before, I loved going to the movies in the States because the popcorn, well, like everything's bigger. The po- right. I, I, I like, you go to a movie theater in the UK, you don't need to buy an extra seat just to put a bucket of Diet Coke down next to you, <laughs> right? I, 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 I don't have a problem with the fact that uh, you're paying three times the amount of the ticket price if you go to the counter at uh, the uh, AMC, which is what I would normally do, and go, I want a Diet Coke and a popcorn, just give me the biggest one you've got and still feel like I was getting some sort of value because there'd be refills on the popcorn but even if it was a four-hour movie you couldn't possibly get through that much popcorn uh, in one go so I was very much pro going back to movie theaters for that full-on AMC other movie theaters are available American experience but since COVID and since I haven't been to the movies in God knows how long, and they've started streaming them. I actually, I went to Bed Bath and Beyond and bought myself a massive bowl just for popcorn. <laughs> I'm not joking. I seriously did this right, and you can rent a new-ish movie for like three dollars on Amazon Prime, and I've got a little bit too into it. Like the other week, um, I saw. Um, uh, Liam Neeson was on James Corden promoting his new movie, and it, again, it was just another version of Taken. Um, I forget the I forget the premise for this one. Uh, oh, Taken in Arizona. He's oh, a, he's okay. a rancher. <laughs> it's he's a rancher, and um, some kid comes across the border, and guess what? The kid is being um, uh, chased by the cartel. He's- Almost being taken. Right, literally, yeah. Almost taken in Arizona. So in this version, Liam Neeson has to prevent the taking of Arizona. Uh, Pretty much. That's what it seemed to be like to me. But I, of course, I was okay. I'm immediately on board because the only thing Liam Neeson does now is different versions of Taken (laughs) that are not called Taken. Um, So I then went to look and, and I thought, I was disappointed. Oh, it's not streaming 
on Amazon Prime. If I want to see this movie now, I'm going to have to actually go to the movie theater. But then I realized that he made another movie last year that was called Taken in Canada or something similar, <laughs> right? Um, where he plays the part of someone who used to be a bank robber, but is now legitimate, but he's now being chased by someone or other. So it's basically Taken if I was a bank robber. Taken in the snow. No, that was called Taken. That no, that was Taken oh, on a snowplow. Snow right, yeah. That one was called no. That was Cold Pursuit, which was Taken on a snowplow. Okay. He's that. There was where nonstop was the aeroplane one, right? They're all taken, taken, taken on one, a plane. Taken, two, taken, taken three. on a plane. There was another one that was set on a train. Taken on a train. Of course. Cold Pursuit was definitely taken on a snowplow. I don't. I haven't seen Taken in Arizona because that's only at AMC, and I've got too used to what since I bought my big bowl of popcorn. I'm too used to watching things on Amazon Prime. But there's one that he made last year that again I didn't. I didn't know until I went looking for it. That where he's um he's a reformed bank robber. But now he's still being, he's, he's basically going, I robbed a load of banks and I'm trying to go legitimate. And yet I'm still, it's still like I'm being cast as if I'm in Taken. I'm being chased by I, something like I'm being Even when he's the former bad guy, he's still saving people right, right, from right. being taken. Oh, in this case, it's, it's, it's him. I think someone wants him to do another bank job and he doesn't want to do it because he's legitimate. So I, I'm guessing this is going to be what the plot is. Guess what happens? He's, got, he's become legitimate because he's got engaged. So what are they going to do to make him do one more bank job? They'll, they'll steal his wife to be, right? <laughs> I just love that you're exact like taste in, in movies is like the movies i hate the most well how can you hate these I, movies there's just there's no story nothing i've going just on. i've it's, just given you six plot lines they're the exact same plot lines across six movies the i saw i saw the first taken and the only thing i remember is that i was in high school and i was really high and i accidentally sat next to my friend's dad who happened to be in the theater as well and the only thing i could focus on was the fact that i was really high next to my friend's dad and then all of a sudden the movie was over it couldn't even take my attention away from that my issue i liked the first take and my issue with it was they didn't know what a giant um uh thing it would become so the first taken is set in france and because of that it's a little bit arty Whereas when the second Taken came along, they just got straight down to the action. They're just going for the killing. Yeah, 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 exactly. They were going for the killing and the kicking and everything you wanted from Taken. And then basically Liam Neeson has played that character ever since. Anyway, the point being, the reason I haven't seen Taken in Arizona is because apparently I'd have to go to a movie theater to do that. And previously, I was very pro going to the movie theater, but now I've got my big bowl from Bed Bath & Beyond where I can put a load of popcorn in. See, right? well, that's the one downside. Now, we've talked about this before. I've always been anti-movie theaters. You know, I need my smoke breaks, my pee breaks. I like to pause. I like to, you know, Google something about the movie. Maybe I want to make a joke or talk to someone Why about it. Why are you it. Googling something about a movie during a movie? Uh, have you ever seen any of those Marvel movies. There's so many storylines you need to catch up with. Sometimes you need a little refresher. This is this is why you need to get stoned a lot less. You can't sit through a Marvel movie <laughs> and keep track of what's going on. Well, that's another you're issue. Watch, you're basically watching a comic book and you can't keep track of what's going on. You just explained my number one problem with movie theaters. I can't get stoned in them. <sighs> See, this is another reason why you should like Liam Neeson's 25 varieties of Taken. The storyline's the same. It's easy to follow. Now, there is one thing I do like about movie theaters, and it's the thing you're trying to bring home, but has been proven you can't, and that's the popcorn. The popcorn taste, does it, it just hits different right, at I, the movie I, Well, yeah, I give you that, but I've, I've started experimenting since I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and got my big bowl. Okay. Um, you got one of those old school giant popcorn makers. Well, this was the other thing that that, that I, I, if it's not AMC that did this, I apologize because it might have been a different chain. But there was one of the places, and I haven't I haven't actually been to the movies since I lived in DFW because even though I've lived here a year, as I always say, I moved here six weeks later. COVID happened, and right. everything's been crazy since. And then, well, since then, I've got into. Oh, Got him, got my big bowl, and um, I've got my three three dollar movie rentals on Amazon. I'm like, well, I'm on my sofa, I ain't going anywhere else. Um, but when I was living in Phoenix, uh, it was AMC, and there was a few other ones. So, like, this might be a Harkins thing because that was the other chain there. But at some point, they stopped giving out the big bucket and they went to a big 
bag. <laughs> yep. And I was not comfortable with the big bag. A bag is something you put a purchase in from a store that you're going to take home with you. A bucket is something that you eat popcorn from. So that also was the start of the downfall of the movie uh, theater business as far as I was concerned because there the vessel is important. And I mean you can't it's, you can't shake the bag properly no. like you need to shake the bucket. Not only that, if you're trying to do like the old 1950s date move where you cut the hole in the bottom and slip something through, you can't really do that with the bag. You need the structure of the bucket. <laughs> right. So basically, if you were to do a checklist of things you want to achieve during to get proper value from <laughs> from your visit to the movie theater, you are being severely inhibited by a bag rather than a bucket. So I so I started experimenting, and you're right. It is difficult to get the popcorn exactly uh, as it would be. But from my big bowl from Bed Bath and Beyond, if you put the right amount of uh, salt and some virgin olive oil in there, Ooh. and you shake it enough, right? Okay. I mean, I know I'm sounding like a culinary chef. I like here. where this is going. I mean, literally, I'm, I am Gordon Ramsaying this popcorn experience <laughs> right now. Uh, and you put it in the microwave. Right? Yeah. For about 90 seconds. And then you swirl it around with your hand. You got yourself, admittedly, not AMC standard, but pretty close to it. Popcorn. I just got the weirdest boner from that description. And see, if you if you add the, if you add the bucket now with the hole. Right. And we'd be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so with the James Bond movie... Before any of this happened, before COVID, immediately I was thinking, at this point I was still trying to support movie theatres, but uh, two hours and 40 minutes. Uh, it's a bit much. Even you would need a pee break during I that. would need to pee at least twice during that. And, and you know, what about if I then missed my favourite scenes that they'd remade from Never Say Never Again? Exactly. I mean, we've spoken into existence. It is now the official final Daniel Craig James Bond movie. My thing is, is you know, this whole I'm I'm cool with streaming and I'm even willing to pay the price because you know they're charging like upwards of fifteen dollars sometimes for mo mm. new movies. But when you go to the movie theater nowadays, that's the same price anyways. It's really not much of a difference. So would I rather watch with a bunch of people who are going to annoy me, or would I rather watch in the comfort of my own home? Yeah. I have a pretty nice TV. That's the other thing. I, um, as much as I say I was into supporting the movie theaters. Do you remember I used to have a job? I used to be on the radio. No, when was that? <laughs> um, because being on the radio isn't a real job and doesn't include many hours, one of the many benefits of having a career of being like a radio DJ is that you get to go to the movies at times when no one else does. Right. So the amount of times I would go see a movie on a Monday morning before I was on air on Monday afternoon and literally have the entire theater to myself. So that was, it, it literally was like having a private screening room. I remember uh, one time, this was even back in Shitsville, um, when, um, uh, what was the NWA movie called? Uh, Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton. That came out. I saw that late and I went to, it literally was an empty movie theater i changed sofas four times during that movie just because i could <laughs> so i um I, I that was kind of like my experience but yeah now i'm kind of like well i'd i'd i'm you know i'm like i kind of like being at home you know i, I told you i made it happen you tell you finally took my ways yeah i just think it's impressive that we spoke the new <laughs> the new uh, version of this movie into existence. Why do we keep doing this? We keep doing this with so many different TV shows. Every time we talk about something, like a week later I see an article that there's going to be a reboot for it. I'd never even heard of Airwolf. You mentioned it in an episode of this podcast. Is that kind of, are they rebooting Airwolf? I literally saw a headline the other day that was like six shows that need to be rebooted, starting with Airwolf. Oh <laughs> my God. I was God. like, clearly they're listening to Did You America. And are they going to cast an alcoholic cocaine addicted wife beater for this one like they did the original yeah i'm in whatever <laughs> that i love the original airwolf but they they cast a guy called jan michael vincent and i think at the time of airwolf for a very brief period he was the highest paid actor on tv and um well you can google it you get like he died a few years ago the, the the one of the biggest indictments on jan michael vincent post all of the abuse and being a pretty terrible human being was that 
he had wasted away and had become so unemployable. It was to the extent that even though in the past he'd been a big uh, star of uh, TV and film, when he eventually died, which was a couple of years ago, his death didn't get reported until two months after it actually happened. <laughs> like when they when they did the headlines of Airwolf actor Jan Michael Vincent died, it was in like May. And, yeah. and I read the report and it was, you know, he had addiction problems and was in a bad way. And I think he had a leg amputated. And then I'm reading the story. I'm like, fuck me, it's May. And he died in February and it's only just being reported. That's when you know that you've become a faded star. See, I couldn't even believe that Jan Michael Vincent was that big of a star because I told you, the only thing I knew him from is like the random cameo he has in Buffalo 66 where he basically just looks like someone who's really drunk and is about to die. Well, that's what he, yeah, that's what he was like in Airwolf. If you watch Airwolf closely when you know the behind the scenes, you can see where they've had to reshoot a bunch of it where the other characters are meant to be talking to Jan Michael Vincent, but he's not in shot. And it's because when they try to do it with him in shot, he was just too out of his mind. So they have to, <laughs> and there's, and also, and also, I mean, he plays it quite well because it, essentially it was a kid show, right? It was an 80s action show aimed at, you know, Wait, kid, kid, what? It was a kid show? Well, no, not like Sesame Street, but it was, oh, like it, it wasn't, it he was, wasn't like doing coke in episodes. No, that was his real life. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, you know, hey, even in Two and a Half Men, Charlie Sheen eventually would make a joke about doing cocaine. Right. No, 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 no. It was a different thing. So it was a kid's show in the, it was it was named at Little Kids, but it wasn't an adult show. Like, it, there was right. nothing rated R in it. It was along the lines of, like, the A-Team and Knight Rider and stuff okay. like that. So still, you had a very, very inappropriate leading star because each week he'd be doing all of these virtuous tasks and saving people that needed help using this amazing helicopter and then a few days later it would be jan michael vinson pulled over in dui after beating wife with two grams of cocaine on the passenger oh seat or whatever <laughs> yeah whatever it was i think you just tapped into how i can finally you know appreciate action movies and television show more if liam neeson just started doing coke before taken movies i think they would be wonderful <laughs> But um, yeah. So, but, but seriously, I don't know if you if you go. Uh, it's there must be clips on YouTube. If you watch some scenes, you can see that they've been re-edited because Jan Michael Vincent just couldn't get it together to sort of be in that scene. And also, you notice that uh, he plays it quite well, convincingly that he was a good person. But there's a lot of giveaways in the in the voice. He's like he's talking a lot like this because you know he was quite ravaged. And they also used to do these. Um, close-up scenes, so he'd be wearing a helmet flying the chopper, right? An airwolf, I'm sure it looks terrible now, but at the time, there were a lot of computerized visuals because they kind of go into combat and he'd, he'd shoot people from the, from the chopper, right. right? So there are a lot of scenes when they're about to go into combat where he's flying the chopper, wearing this helmet, but there was a visor that came down that used to give him the digital readout of where the targets were, okay. right? So they do a close-up, before the visor comes down, you should see how bloodshot those Whoa. eyes are. Yeah, <laughs> telling you. But I tell you this, talking of reboots, if they do do Airwolf, it needs to be a damn sight better than that piece of shit that is now... I was going to call it Walker, Texas Ranger because the Chuck Norris thing has been rebooted. Oh, no, 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 no. My first issue with this, and it started last week. I saw one episode. I shan't be investing in a second one. My first issue is... You rebooted Walker, Texas Ranger, right? But you've just called it Walker. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's not okay. Secondly, to try and make it as un-Texas as possible, you said it in Austin. Oh, is there even people on horses in Austin? What is this? This show isn't... Austin, Texas Ranger. <laughs> this show isn't New York, Texas Ranger. I totally messed that up. It's not Walker, Boston Ranger. It's not Walker, New York Ranger. It is Walker, Texas Ranger. But it's not. They just called it Walker. They've dialed down the Texas aspect of it. 
And, uh, you know, me being a proper tech, like he, if anyone who's listening to this is, is outside of uh, the Texas area and you don't know how Texas is divided, this is how Texas is divided by bumper stickers, right? Oh, for sure. You go to Austin and the bumper stickers say, keep Austin weird. Everywhere outside of Austin, across the rest of the great state of Texas, the bumper stickers say, don't mess with Texas, right? <laughs> right. I imagine that this, this, the debut of this reboot, Walker, as it's called, Chuck Norris was probably on his home gym, probably did himself an injury when he realized that there was no Texas Ranger coming after the name Walker. He's just called Walker, and they've put him in Austin, the least Texas part of Texas possible. So using our powers, we now know Walker's going to fail. We also know that Airwolf is coming back, and we basically made the other week the Equalizer is now going to be like the Sopranos. It's going to be the greatest show ever because we speak these things into existence. There's no need to watch Walker. If they made it in Dallas, I'd be all on board. Right, 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 right. Or stuck it on a ranch in the middle of like something that's more like Texas, but no, they stuck it in Austin and they took the Texas Ranger aspect out of it you know uh, they might as well just call it woke walker is it like i mean i didn't even watch the first episode already aired last week i think was it like was he in the country or is it like he's working in the city because there's there's not a lot of country in austin it's a lot of city um i think there was a bit of both you know my other issue with it never mind the horses i sat through an hour of this shit there weren't one roundhouse kick not (laughs) one what's the point not one shows always like they all you know texas no matter what they'll just pick a random city and they'll just make it look really country like uh a few years ago they did uh a remake of the national lampoon's vacation Mm. movie and randomly in one of those scenes in their you know road trip vacation they drive through texas and it says plano texas where i've lived pretty much my whole life and i mean you would think they're driving in the middle of nowhere, just open fields country. I can assure you, there's like one square quarter of farm in Plano, and it has like a few cows, and then the rest is suburbs. Like, it is nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely true. Well, um, yeah, Walker um, can walk away, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but So is this reboot of um, Airwolf happening, or it's just on a wish list? I mean, no, it's on a wish list, but we've now talked about it twice, so it's probably going to win an award by 2022. All right, when we come back for uh, part two, uh, we need to talk about um, Zoom meetings. People are buying uh, books to make themselves look more clever in Zoom meetings. And uh, have you seen that story about the lady who was on the BBC this week? Um, She could have done with a few books in the background of her Zoom meeting. We'll get to that and uh, also remind you of the songs of the week that you can vote for if you go to didyouamerica.com when we do part two of today's episode. All right, let's do part two of Did You America season two, episode nine, We Think. We Think. Uh, he's Jeremy. I'm Canfield. Uh, if you go to didyouamerica.com, uh, you can vote for Song of the Week. We also have a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter, where we choose um, some tracks and see which one you like the most. Uh, this week, I'm going for Typhoons, the new one by Royal Blood, who um, are getting uh, pretty funky on their forthcoming album. If the uh, couple of songs that we know so far are anything to go by it's the title track from the uh, the forthcoming album so typhoons by royal blood is my choice i went with weezer all my favorite songs less funky still good and the uh, new york producers going with citizen which is by sir sly featuring gary clark jr so there are your choices you can vote by going to didyouamerica.com slash song or go to my twitter we have a poll up there i'm at ian canfield on twitter typhoons by royal blood Jeremy's Choice, all my favorite songs by Weezer, New York Producers Choice, uh, Citizen, Sir Sly, featuring Gary Clark Jr. Um, Right, so uh, let's talk about Zoom backgrounds, um, because this has been something that's um, in the news a few times this week. Well, first of all, it it was in the news... um, because of an unfortunate incident on the BBC this week. Did you see the lady who uh, was... To, I think she was talking about... Uh, it was a it was a serious um, 
news segment. Either she was discussing school closures or the fact that most of the UK is on a big lockdown and businesses are going under and stuff like that. So she's dealing with the terrible impacts of coronavirus. And um, the UK has uh, especially been suffering from this new strand of coronavirus that's 10 times more contagious or something like that. So imagine all of these heavy, heavy talking points. And she is a, a specialist uh, commentator regarding one of those things I just mentioned. And there she is at home because everyone's isolating, trying to stay safe, doing her Zoom for BBC News, sitting in front of a massive dildo. <laughs> Who does she think she is? Jeffrey Tubin? <laughs> have we not learned? Have we not learned yet that with Zoom, people could just see everything? The thing about the placing of uh, said dildo is that um, it's very, very prominent. So, I mean, listen, maybe given that the UK's had to lock down for the sake of staying safe, we should be applauding this lady because it's very clear what she's been spending her time doing while at home. And, and if, that's, <laughs> if, if that's what keeps her safe and keeps her occupied at home, you've always got to think about the, the impact on people's mental health when you do lockdowns and you can't get out there and mingle. And if this is what's stopping her mingling, because I suggest by... How uh, how uh, recognizable it was in in the in the BBC broadcast. I mean, it was very much front and center. It's not something that she's reaching to the back of a closet to get out occasionally. This is a regular go-to. Look, I'll give her this. You know, we have very similar stress relief methods. Uh, you know, also like you said, there, she's in England. They're dealing with the coronavirus strain that's ten times stronger. We'll call it like the Budweiser strain. And then not only that, she has to uh, go on Zoom every once in a while. The only difference is, is when I relax myself, I don't do it on video chats. You know, I save that for my OnlyFans account. <laughs> is that where people can see you with your dildo? Yes. A lot more than I, just that, I, folks. I thought, I thought you were going to say that you've got very similar similar relaxation techniques because you noticed that her dildo's got one of those suction devices on the end of it and, <laughs> and you too like to use it in the shower. I, I'm not using dildos. I meant more that we both like to masturbate as stress relief, but sure, for the imagery of it, I put dildos in my shower. That's what I took from it. I thought you were going to say, yeah, I, I also like that. Don't you find it's, very, it's so great? That you need the, the suction. Yeah, you've got the <laughs> suction on the other end and it's just the usability... I've definitely you've definitely been on Amazon and given it at least a nine out of ten. <laughs> so the, the it was actually my dildo. I sent it to her. It's my sister. <laughs> the story uh, that followed on from this, and I guess maybe uh, this was sort of a uh, more advisory from the BBC, was that they ran a story a couple of days later um, that said that the sales of books has skyrocketed. But it's not because people are reading more or they have more time to read because they're at home. It's purely because they want a book display behind them when they're on Zoom to make <laughs> themselves look more intelligent. Right. But I, I have friends that used to do this way, way before the pandemic. Um, they would buy certain books and arrange them on shelves to impress people when they came round. One of my friends uh, came around my, my my flat in London and um, I had some books literally stacked up on a shelf just because I hadn't put them away. I was probably going to you know take them to the the, the, uh, the Goodwill or something because because I'd read read them and um, I uh, I don't know I went to use the bathroom at some point I come back into the front room. And uh, I think he's uh, looking at the, the book selection that I've got there. And probably most of them are like biographies on bands and stuff. And he says to me, you know, you haven't stacked these books correctly. I said, what? And he goes, well, you know, you have to, they have to be in ascending order. I'm like, what, of artist, alphabetical? He's like, no, you idiot. Alphabetical is for CDs. Ascending order, I mean for ascending order of size. It's all oh, about the, the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, 
fuck off. I was like, well, do you think, expect me to use the Dewey Decimal System in my apartment? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so, I, so from, from, and that's one of these things that's just stayed with me. This happened years ago. So he was, uh, you can probably hire him right now to arrange, if you want to arrange he's your Zoom stager. backdrop. He's a, he's a book stager. If you're going to reinvest in a load of books and, and put them in for the, for the Zoom background. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, having, looking more intelligent and having books behind you is more preferable than the lady who's got the dildo? I don't know. Well, first of all, I totally get that. I'm wearing these glasses right now solely to look smarter i assure you i don't know how to read second of all if i was to have a bookshelf i would want to make sure that you know in between all the dildos would be some pretty intelligent book titles right okay you'd have a combination of the right, two the dildos would still be there i mean <laughs> yeah. aesthetically pleasing in front of the books to show which you use more often nothing says art like rubber cocks <laughs> I am surprised, though, that this shows you that the standards... When actually, this even shows you that the standard of BBC news coverage is dropping or they did this deliberately to get attention because I've done um, things for the BBC before on Zoom. Again, this was pre-coronavirus. And they're normally really, really picky about how they set up their shoot. There was this um, period of time where I was basically the BBC's go-to person if any rock stars died. Like, we joke on this podcast that we talk about elderly entertainers and then suddenly they're dead, like I'm a, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad luck curse. But before that, um, I think I did... I don't know who it would have been to start with, but basically... Uh, I used to be like the one of the, the, like a rock guy in the UK. I did a lot of rock and metal shows. So if any, we got to a period in time when basically rock stars were getting old and started dying. And so they would call me when they wanted to do these obituaries. And I did a few when I was still living in Shitsville. Right. And then when I moved to the States, um, you know what, what it was? It was, uh, do you remember 2016 was the year that like half the rock world died? Yeah, it was it, like David Bowie, David Bowie Prince. Kicked, David yeah. Bowie kicked it off. And then for the rest of that year, it was like every other week there and was Tom an, Petty. Yeah, there was an A-list person that was that was dying, most of all from the music business. So that hooker I killed. Okay. I was listing all the people that died in 2016. Whatever. Um, I, um, so, uh, that year I'm already at this, the the BBC keep like an A to, uh, an A to Z basically of, of contacts for people that are specialists to talk about certain things. So for example, the lady on this zoom that we're referring to, she was probably in the A to Z as coronavirus slash dildos, right? For, <laughs> of course, for like, yeah. for like a go-to. Her expertise. Yeah, exactly. So my expertise was became dead rock stars, right? Because <laughs> I'd say that's pretty accurate. Well, yeah, I think that has become more of a thing in, in more recent times. But I would, so in the, when I was living in Chitsville, they would call me up and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd probably go into the studios because I was living there or they would call me on the phone and we'd do the bits and pieces. 2016 was when I moved to Phoenix, right? But I'm still on their books as the go-to for dead rock stars. And there was a lot of business in dead rock stars in the year 2016. <laughs> of course. So the first thing that, that used to happen was I, they would call me because all, you know, all these different people died. But I'm eight hours behind the UK. And that gave me a very, very, very difficult dilemma. Because at this point, I was still drinking. And I'd only just moved back to a proper country. And I'd already found the local dive bar to where I lived in Phoenix that used to pour the Jack Daniels so strong that the the liquid was see-through in the glass. Oh, wow. Like, it was just pretty much Jack Daniels with a tiny splash of Coke on the top. <laughs> and I was very happy. You're like, one ice cube. Uh, which, oh, it was so good. I mean, you, they used to pour my Jack Daniels so strong, if you took a sniff of it, it could you could fall over. Like, it was, it was, that, it was that kind of strength. And uh, so I was very much enjoying hanging out in that bar. And then the BBC would call and they'd say, I don't know, they say it's pr- oh, Prince has died, right? I'd be okay. And they'd say can we talk to you on our morning show on Tuesday? And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then my dilemma would be, well, 8 a.m. in the UK, the time they've booked me to do the Prince obituary, is midnight in Phoenix. Oh, no. I could pop down to the bar, (laughs) get a couple of hours of those see-through Jack Daniels in me, 
And, and I'm like, I know all there is to know about Prince. You just got Purple Rain, New Power Generation, <laughs> the chicks that were in the band, yeah. the movie. Being a general asshole to everyone he encounters. He was two foot tall. Great at basketball. <laughs> you, you couldn't look at him before he reached the stage if you were working backstage at one of his things. But would it sound disrespectful if I popped down to the Georgian Dragon, drank some of that see-through Jack Daniels liquid for a couple of hours, made it back to the apartment by about midnight, and I'd uh, be like, so, the thing of Prince was... <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> there was one... I won't say who it was because this does sound very disrespectful. Where I went to the bar, this is how good I was at drinking back in the day. Started on the Jack Daniels and booked for that 8 a.m. BBC morning show time, which is midnight my time. Right. right. But I ran into some friends at the bar that I wasn't expecting to meet. And we started playing darts, which I was excellent at playing drunk. Right. And uh, so. My other half is going to me, we should go back to the apartment because you've got to do this BBC. Oh, no, I'm winning this game. He's <laughs> like, yeah, but you I can't. I hit the board like three times. <laughs> he's going to me, we're playing like the pub way of doing darts where you have to start and end on a double. Right. And he's saying to me, you fucking asshole, you've not even got a double yet. You haven't even started scoring. I'm like, no, I'm doing great. You threw it and hit that lady in the corner. You're not even playing. They don't even have a dartboard here. That's the second obituary I'm doing tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> the dead rock star for the BBC and the lady in the corner who I hit because I thought she was the dartboard. Yeah, so why shame me for killing a hooker in 2016? I'm very uncomfortable that that's the second time you've just thrown that into the conversation today. So anyway, I we, we were doing... Uh, I was booked to do this obituary, right? But I'm so into the game of darts that I said, well, I can't, no, no, I'm going to stay here. He's like, you, we need to go back to the apartment because you've got to do the BBC. I'll go outside and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, Just what they want. <laughs> so I, they've got like this patio bit out the front of the bar, which is on a main street, right? And the BBC, and so there's some people that are on the patio that I don't know. I tell them they have to be quiet because I'm about to go on the BBC and do an obituary for like whoever it is that's, that's died. What everyone loves hearing at a bar. And, and anyway, I managed to do it, I think, reasonably well. But there's like a, uh, a light rail that goes down the street where the bar is, like yeah. in the middle of the road, like a trolley system. Right. And just as I'm getting to the end of this uh, very responsible obituary that I've been the most irresponsible person in delivering it, but I'm a pro drinker at this point. I haven't slurred my words once and whoever I was talking about, I'm giving them all the best facts that you need and you how that's doing. right. Suddenly this like ding, ding, <laughs> comes <around. laughs> and the person says, uh, oh, sorry, Ian, there was something. And I, and I go like, Oh, a TV switched itself on. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but that was not the main point in me telling you this story about doing BBC, BBC uh, uh, Zoom. Zooms and stuff. So anyway, I did those calls. I used to become was the go-to person for the obituaries. The reason why I either think the BBC have dropped their standards or they stuck the dildo woman on just to get themselves attention is because there was one time... I did a Zoom for the BBC before everyone was Zooming, pre-coronavirus. And this time it was when little Richard died and BBC Weld called me. And I thought it was just going to be a, um, a phone interview. And they said, no, 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 we want to do, um, do it to camera. So I said, oh, okay. So they said, you know, just download this Zoom package and uh, give us your email and we'll, you, you know, we'll send you the invite for the meeting and everything. Now, I'd never done a Zoom before. I didn't even know what Zoom was at this point. It's before everyone had used right. it. So um, I set it up and they call me on the Zoom at least two hours before we're about to do this live segment into this BBC World News thing. And it's like having a full TV crew down the other end of the line. They're saying, okay, um, oh, the lighting's not good. Could you go to a different room? 
And then, so we started off in my kitchen and then we went to the front room and then I went to one bedroom and then I went to another bedroom and then we ended and they're going, mm, yeah. And then I'm, I'm kind of like, at one point I felt like I was doing some sort of like gymnastic yoga movement in, on the bed with the position that they had me sitting in looking right. at the screen, trying to make it look good. And then in the end, we went back down to the kitchen, which is where we started because they'd exhausted all of the other rooms to decide where they were going to film me. And I'm starting to pile up the laptop on different magazines and books to give it a certain height. I mean, literally, you would have thought that I was going to film a scene from the new James Bond movie. They were being so specific. But in actual fact, it was just, you know, a five minute segment, if that, talking about the fact that little Richard had died. But we get the perfect shot, I think. And now I'm in my dining room. So looking at the camera on my t on my uh, computer screen, but the camera behind me is looking at the breakfast bar for my kitchen, right? Yeah. And after two hours of change this lighting, higher, lower, bit lower, bit higher, change the lighting, oh, have you got a different shirt? All of this stuff. <laughs> the producer of the whole thing says to me, okay, don't move anything. The computer's excellent there. Don't change the chair. Just one thing. Is that the kitchen behind you? <laughs> I say, yeah. And this was, these were his words. He goes, looks a little busy. <laughs> I said, I beg your pardon? He goes, is that a breakfast bar? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah. Looks a little busy. And I went, what do you mean busy? And he goes, could you just clear some stuff off of it? <laughs> <laughs> was there like food and like everything? No. Like, was it a night of like a bunch of empty beer cans everywhere? He said, the dildos are fine. We <laughs> like them. But if you could just throw away the empty bottles of Maker's Mark. <laughs> the dildos are fine. Just put like one or two bucks up. <laughs> so anyway, I get told that my, imagine what my kitchen must have looked like. I get told that my kitchen was little bit too busy by the bbc director after two hours of this intense oh move this don't do this do do that and meanwhile this woman's on there with a suction device from the bathroom <laughs> in, in full view the guy was like you know there's a naked person puking behind you if you could just get that off cam that'd be wonderful no the naked person puking was when i used to do the obituaries from the bar oh, that was the right way. right <laughs> <laughs> I, they'd, they'd say to me was that the sound of someone puking? I said, yeah, I thought I'd give you a live reenactment about how the rock star choked on their own vomit to die. <laughs> like, we're basically, right? I'm giving you the full, the full cinematic experience right. Again, here. it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, that, was, uh, that was my point about um, the zooms and uh, such like. But if you haven't seen the footage, have a look, because she does have... Um, a dildo very much front and center behind her i will warn people though when i googled to see the picture i had to go into incognito mode because you're most likely going to have to type in bbc dildo which is usually two very pornographic keywords yeah you say that but i've seen the amount of time it takes for you to fire up your laptop when you come around my apartment to record this podcast that laptop has seen so much porn oh yeah you got to take this bad boy into geek squad once a month for a good deporning <laughs> yeah but it runs at the speed of someone who knows 35 more porn sites than just x hamster and 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 you porn. oh yeah we're getting into ukrainian shit over here bud <laughs> All right, I think we are done. I wanted to talk about a teeth chart. Let me just uh, uh, um, promote this for uh, when we return with the podcast um, next week. Um, every so often, I like to rally against people who live their life by reading horoscopes and believe in deep, deep spirituality. You know how uh, the other week I was telling you that I had to go to the dentist to get my tooth fixed, right? Yeah. One of my friends sent me a tooth chart, right? that tells you what's wrong in your life based on which tooth is aching. Oh. Yeah. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Guy won't accept that it might just be bad luck. you got a tooth infection and maybe your root canal you had done seven years ago needs to be redone. Oh, no. 
there's deep depravity and issues in my life. And that's the reason why my tooth was hurting. I have like nine friends who are three bad opinions away from creating their own teeth chart. So <laughs> this should be a fun episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, if the horoscopes aren't working for you, have you considered your sensitive teeth? Maybe it's just that you're an asshole. <laughs> that's next. That's the title of Monday's episode. Maybe you're just an asshole. <laughs> All right, we'll be back then. If you want to uh, contact us, uh, you can go to didyouamerica.com. You can leave us a message there. Type one or speak to us, whichever you would prefer. You can also vote for Song of the Week uh, on the website or at Ian Canfield on Twitter, didyouamerica.com for all that stuff. Uh, Plus, you can buy uh, T-shirts. How great are the T-shirts, Jeremy? I don't think I say this enough. They feel great on your nipples. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us on this one. Fingers crossed for that Airwolf reboot. They had a great theme. Don't stop recording it. You're going to do the whole thing, huh? Oh, so good. You know the other great thing about Airwolf? They used to. So it was a it was a government chopper that basically Jan Michael Vincent stole because he he wanted to use the government to find his brother who was like some war hero that had been lost in some war. That's the basic premise. And um, they kept the chopper in a hollowed out volcano, right? And the entire time... That was the premise of the entire show. All the times he would go get that chopper out to go help people, but the actual government couldn't find where it was. When I think about it, uh, sorry, I know we were ending this episode, but I've just had this random thought. When I think about it, one of the real plot holes in the best 80s TV shows was the lack of reality in how inconspicuous the vehicles that they focused on needed to be. So, for example, you've got this super helicopter, right, which only Jan Michael Vincent and his co-pilot know where they've kept it in this hollowed-out volcano. And for, like, five years, five seasons or whatever it was, the government can't find where that volcano is. I raise you... I'm, t- I'm saying you. You've got nothing to say about this. I'm, this is a conversation I'm having with myself. I raise myself... If that was ridiculous that they couldn't find this super helicopter in a hollow volcano somewhere in the desert in America, right? The A-team were being chased by the military police for four out of the five seasons and were help, you know, available for people who needed help. And yet they used to drive around in the most conspicuous van possible. That van with the stripe down the side of it, no one recognized that when it was out and about? They might as well have just written rape van on it. That's not an appropriate thing to say at the end of the I'm just saying, like, if they're riding around in the van and they want it to be inconspicuous, like that's it, not what it, you do. It, no, it looked like, I mean, if you didn't know the A-team and you saw that van pull up, you, and you were a cop, you'd probably go, okay, we need to check the back here because you've either got like, are you trying to sell dodgy computers? Like, is that what you're doing? I don't know. No, he's trying to diddle no, little kids. No. Oh. See, I'm trying to make it so you regret these last three minutes. I think I did that. Hmm. Oh, I have one other thing before we go. I, I meant to say, uh, Danny B did send a message uh, that I, need, I, I should have got to, and we need to do it because it's timely. And he said, he sent me a thing from this uh, this new uh, Instagram uh, that I'm now following. It's called 80s Forever and Ever or something like that. They posted yesterday that it was uh, 36 or 37 years ago that the A-team were court-martialed for a crime that they didn't commit. And uh, we're going to get really deep here just for a second before we finish this. So the point was the Forever and Ever 80s Instagram page was saying that yesterday was the anniversary of the first ever A-team episode, right? Because the premise was they were convicted for a crime they didn't commit. But they posted it wrong because on the intro of the A-team, the voiceover says in 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. So technically it happened in 1972. Which is it? I'm boring myself now. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. We'll be back on Monday.